Well, thank you guys for leading us this morning. We're in Ephesians chapter 6 today. If you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter number 6. And uh, we are looking at healthy homes this morning. Again, happy Mother's Day. And uh, I'm so thankful I had an opportunity to go and hang out with my mom yesterday and uh, just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And so uh, that's always a good time. So this morning, talking about healthy homes, and uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, it's, it's always an interesting subject when you're talking about homes and when you're talking about family, because all of us come from different places, and uh, uh, I'm one, I'm very blessed, I'm very thankful for it, uh, I don't take uh, lightly uh, the opportunity and the privilege that God has given me to be a part of a godly home where I have a godly mother, a godly father, and I'm grateful to God for the family, and so the family institution has always been such an incredible blessing, and that's the intent that God had in the beginning, is for our homes, for our families to be uh, a place of blessing for us. Uh, in fact, the most significant social institution known to man is the family, and, uh, and I, I really do. I believe that the greatest need, the greatest need that we have as a nation is Christian mothers and fathers, and uh, God help us understand that. Living life, we do live life in a broken world, and, and it's difficult. Uh, God created that home, that family unit, as a place of refuge. Uh, It is intended to be. Now, not everyone experiences that, uh, but the home is intended to be a place of refuge, a place where we can go when the world tears us down, where our family can build us back up. And uh, that doesn't mean we don't get messed with by our siblings uh, and by our parents sometimes, but at the end of the day, it is the place where we can go uh, for refuge in a world that's so difficult. In fact, I love my family. Sunday nights is, is my favorite time of week uh, when I have an opportunity to just sit with my family. And, uh, and I feel very, very much uh, comfort and, uh, and, and a place of refuge when I go home. But when you think about the families and, and how we have been under assault for a long time, uh, there's reason for that. As, as goes uh, the, the home, so goes the nation. And we have seen an all-out assault really taking place on our families, on our homes, uh, redefining what they even are. It's a, it's a satanic assault is what it is that we see happening where you have, uh, uh, and, and it's coming through Hollywood. I, I think that Hollywood is the number one driver uh, that the devil is using. And it's because so oftentimes what we do is we tend to check out. Uh, uh, it's a very subtle assault. And the things that we laugh at, uh, the things that we tolerate, all of a sudden we find embracing uh, us and impacting our world. In fact, I was just listening this uh, the other day to, uh, to uh, they played a little clip of, of a song that came out. I don't even know when the song came out, but I remember when I was a kid, it was like, uh, it was like, uh, you know, remember that song, uh, Hey Teacher, Leave Those Kids Alone? Remember that song? Y'all know, you all know what I'm talking about. Hey, teacher, leave them go along. Uh, I mean, I mean you, you, you sang that at my house and you'd have been, I mean, you were in trouble. Uh, uh, but, but you know what's interesting about that song is it, it, it came out as a song, but it really has become a pattern of life that's practiced these days. Uh, as a child, as a child, uh, and, and it's not intended at all to be humorous, but, but as a child, uh, when I got in trouble at school, which happens sometimes, uh, you get in trouble at school, I never came home and told my parents on my teacher, promise you, because it didn't matter. 
it didn't matter. I'd have got it double when I came home. And so, and so but today, but today that's not the case. And so we're really practicing uh, what we once were entertained by. Uh, and, and, and we see that happening to our homes, to our families. We have uh, uh, really immoral families being promoted where you have two fathers or two mothers. And that's not a new kind of family. That's not a family at all. That's that's immorality being played out in the homes, and it's an assault on the homes. In fact, I just uh, one of the latest one of the latest television programs I saw uh, a commercial for. Maybe you've seen this one, uh, but you have a teenager lamenting lamenting the fact that they were born straight. We're in a messed up world, and we need healthy homes to help with the confusion. Uh, when, you, when you see what's being portrayed as the home and what's being portrayed as the family, oftentimes a dad is an idiot and a mom is clueless and, and the teens have all the answers. Mark Twain made a statement. He said, when I was 18, I thought my dad was the dumbest person I had ever met. And when I turned 21, uh, I was amazed at how much he learned in three years. And uh, <laughs> Oh, that's how we, that's the stages we all go through in life. But this morning, we're just talking about Ephesians 6 and, and talking about the home. And, I, and again, I know that everybody's coming from a different place when we're talking about the home today. And I've been praying this week, I pray that there be healing in the homes where healing needs to be had. We can say amen to those things that we can say amen to, but God help us to, to uh, just restore that place that God has ordained for each one of us. Ephesians 6, beginning in verse number one, and the Bible says this, children, obey your parents and in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And today, just talking about practical principles uh, for both kids and parents, practical principles. We all have roles to fulfill. In fact, uh, uh, this is at the end of a passage of Scripture, when you're reading through the passage of Scripture, where there are roles that are given for the family unit. If the family unit wants to be everything that God intended for it to be, In other words, it ought to be a place that we can say, I enjoy. It is a place of refuge. If those aren't the terms that can describe your home, then you have to ask the question, then where have we deviated? What are we not doing? Because God has given us a handbook, again, for healthy homes. And this morning, we're talking practical principles for both parents and children. Uh, He's already talked about husbands and and being head of the home and wives being submissive and, and living life with submissive spirits. And now we're talking about uh, uh, parents and children. So the role of kids, number one, the role of kids, it says there's two things, honor and obey, obey and honor. And uh, we're talking about actions and attitudes, the actions and attitudes that come with being a child. And, uh, and so when you're talking about <clears throat> honoring your parents, obeying your parents, you know that you can, you can obey without honoring, but you can't honor without obeying. When you're talking about honoring and obeying, I, I, can, I can obey my parents without honoring them, but I'll never be able to honor them without obeying them. Because there's a lot of times that what happens to us, and we all go through those stages where mom and dad ask me to do something and my response is to obey. And, uh, and, and a lot of times I just don't want to. Do y'all ever struggle with that? Y'all ever struggle with that? I mean, I'm 50. I don't even know how old I'm in, 52, I think, and uh, quick math. And, uh, and just last night, I'm at my mom's house, and 
I'm still obeying uh, my mama, but uh, to obey my mother and to my, to my father. And so God help us to, to, to make sure that we're doing it with the right spirit and not, uh, not responding with, with commands, not, not responding with, with uh, requests from our parents uh, like, like the big bad wolf. You know what I'm talking about? The big bad wolf with the huffing and the puffing and the stomping. Uh, we obey, but we didn't honor in our obedience. And so God help us to do both make sure we're both honoring and obeying. And when you're talking about <clears throat> obeying, there's a couple of things I wanna bring out. So Colossians chapter three, verse number 20, the Bible says this in Colossians three, verse number 20, children be obedient to your parents in all things for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And, uh, and so when we're talking about <clears throat> obeying, there's a couple of things about obedience and lessons that we must learn and we must teach our children. It's utmost important that we teach this lesson. In fact, as parents to children, to teach them to obey. What do you mean to obey? Well, there's a couple of things about obedience that we need to embrace, that we need to make sure we're practicing, but also that we're teaching. And number one would be, uh, when it comes to obedience, would be complete obedience, complete obedience. In other words, if I'm asking you to do a project, if I'm asking you to do a job, then do it, but do it completely and not saying, well, that's good enough. I mean, that, that's, that's ridiculous, <clears throat> you know, because that's not your job to say that it was good enough. It was the one who gave the command to determine whether or not the job was good enough. And, and, and it's a principle. You say, that's kind of that's kind of uh, being nitpicky. Well, no, it's not being nitpicky. It's training up a child so that he'll be successful one day. So that one day when he's asked to do a job by his employer, uh, he won't say, well, that's good enough. Well, it's not your job to say whether that's good enough. If he said to be here at nine, then anything after nine is not good enough. Uh, God help us to obey uh, completely <clears throat> and not just uh, partially. You know, you know, it's interesting when you, whenever, especially whenever you're dealing with children and, and small children, how, how you, know, you can see the wheels spinning within their little heads, you know, when you ask them to do something and they know what they're supposed to do and they do it partially. And then they just want to see what your response is going to be. You ever been tried by your little children? Anybody ever get tried by their kids? Y'all ever? We got tried a lot. But uh, it's, still, it's still trying. I'm still trying. But God help us, again, to obey completely and not just partially, complete obedience. Romans chapter number 13, verses one and two. Romans 13, one and two, just talking about the lessons on how to respond properly. This is a lesson that we need to learn at home, but it impacts everything about us. Romans 13, the Bible says, every person is to be in subject to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. And, and, and <clears throat> they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. And it's just talk, talking again about how to respond properly to authority. Any authority in my life, I must obey. Obedience is, is of utmost importance. It's a great lesson to teach our children. Romans chapter number one, we, because again, we, we, we look at these things and we say, well, everybody struggles with this thing. Well, you know, but be, be careful, although that might be true, be careful because God says it's very serious. How serious is it? 
Romans chapter number one, when you're talking about disobedience, down in verse, I got verse 30 up here, but let me just read with you uh, what it says beginning in verse number 28. And the Bible says, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. What does a depraved mind look like? To do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness and wickedness and greed and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, their gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastfuls, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, you know what? You wanna you, you want know what a picture of a decadent society looks like? Among the list would be disobedience to parents. God, help us to obey our parents. That's a lesson for young people to practice. It's a lesson for grownups to preach and expect and demand obedience. And that would be number one, complete obedience, complete obedience. But also when you're talking obedience, there's also the immediate obedience, immediate obedience. What do you mean immediate obedience? It means when you ask them to do something, to do it without delay. I mean, I mean, that's just, that's again, it's a challenge to authority. It's a challenge to authority. Why is the lessons, well, we're gonna get there in a minute, but it's a challenge to authority when you're talking about immediate obedience. In fact, <clears throat> heard a story uh, about a lady and she came in and she was so upset and she was crying. She's like, man, I'm having such a terrible time with my son. I'm having such a terrible time with my son. And he said, what's the problem? What's the problem? Well, <clears throat> man, I called him in for soup and, and he didn't come. And so I had to heat it up. I heated it up five times before I finally lost it and he came in there. And, and, and to which uh, the preacher said, hey, you know what? You heated up the wrong thing. You heated up the right thing first. He'd come. <laughs> what does that look like? Proverbs, the Bible says over in Proverbs chapter number 13. In Proverbs 13, verse number 24, the Bible says it uh, like this. He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he he loves him, disciplines him diligently. And, and, And so be careful because we're not advocating, we're not talking about beating our children. That's not what we're talking about. But disciplining them, disciplining them. Proverbs 22, verse number 15, the Bible says it like this. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will remove it far from him. And so to discipline my children, and he says this, he says, make sure that you're obeying, and he does give clarification. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In other words, he's given a clarification. He's saying, hey, listen, if they're, he's, the whole letter's being written to believers, but if you ever find yourself where your mom and dad is, is, is asking you to do something unethical or immoral, well, he's not saying it's just a blank check. Make sure you obey your parents. No, you obey them in the Lord. You obey them. It's a clarification that's given. In fact, Proverbs chapter number one, verses eight and nine, over in Proverbs chapter one and verses number eight and nine, the Bible says it <clears throat> like this. It says, hear my son, your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. And uh, just to obey. Why do we need to obey? Why, why obey? There's implications to our obedience. Number one would be practical. What does the practical implication look like? It means that on this planet, on this world, in this life, it may go well with you. In other words, we, we, we learn the lesson of obedience 
so that when I go to school and my teacher asks me to do something, I will know how to obey and how to get along in happiness and harmony. You ever heard that? Uh, how to get along in happiness and harmony when I go to school. When I, when I get a job, I'll know how to obey when I'm asked to obey. When I'm responding to any authority in my life, I will know how to obey practically. But also, number two, spiritual implications spiritual implications. If I'm disobedient to my mother and to my father, I'm out of, out of fellowship with God. If I'm disobedient to my mother and father, I'm out of fellowship with God. There's spiritual ramification. And if I don't learn the lesson of obedience from home, I will struggle with my obedience to my heavenly father for the rest of my days. It's an important lesson that must be taught and must be learned in the house, obedience. But then he says, not just obedience, but also honor the attitude with which we go about living life. Honor your father, verse number two and verse number three, and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And he's referring back to Exodus chapter 20, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And so what does that look like? Back in Exodus chapter 20, the Bible says it like this. Exodus 20, verse number 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And, it's, and, and, and so it's just a general promise when you, when you look at that because some people struggle with that and they say, well, <clears throat> I guess that means that if somebody dies prematurely, <clears throat> they must not have been honoring their mother and father. It's a general promise general promise. You got to be careful when it comes to scripture. A proverb is a proverb, a principle is a principle, a precept's a precept, a promise is a promise. And so make sure you know what you're dealing with because sometimes what happens is people will say, look at there, the word of God's contradicting itself. Well, no, it's not. It's a, it's a general principle. Generally speaking, it is very much truth. In other words, <clears throat> because when you're talking about someone dying prematurely, the only perfect child, the only perfect child was the child of Mary. I mean, that might surprise some of you. You might think you have a perfect child. The only perfect child uh, uh, was the child of, of Mary, which would have been Jesus Christ, and he died at 33. It's a general principle. <clears throat> there, and, and that's true of Proverbs as well. Uh, you know, whenever you hear, like, for example, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And a lot of times people will see a child that, that, that departs from it and say, man, you must not have been trained right. Well, you got to leave room for the prodigal. You got to leave room for the rebel. They might have been trained right, but they might have just said, I'm stepping away from it. And so, and so what we have to do is be careful and understand, again, a general principle that is given to us in Scripture. In other words, when you have a parent that's training up a child and giving good advice, good and godly advice, then what's going to happen is they're going to teach them how to live long. They're going to teach them what it takes. They're going to teach them what it means to be healthy. They're going to say, hey, don't, don't touch the burning pot. <laughs> you know, don't touch the stove. They're going to say, don't play in the street. I mean, I mean, they're going to teach them. They're going to train them. Stay away from the drugs. Stay away from the alcohol. I'm going to teach them those things, the dangers that exist. And so, and when we embrace those, uh, my days might be multiplied. I'm not going to live like an idiot and put my life on the line. Honor to honor. What is honor? It's an inward attitude of utmost respect manifested outwardly in our actions in both the presence or absence of the one to whom it is 
given, to honor my mother and my father. That is a big lesson again to learn. The Bible talks about over in the Old Testament the importance of honoring and obeying. Deuteronomy 27, listen to this one. Deuteronomy 27, verse number 16. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother. And the people all shall say, amen. God, help us to honor my mother and my father. So how do we honor them in a practical sense? How do you honor them in a practical sense? Well, first of all, just obedience. You, you can't honor without obeying, and so you gotta obey. Obey, we've already talk, talked about. Obey is simply, you know, I'll do whatever you ask me to do, uh, to obey them, number one. But number two, when you're talking about honoring your parents, how do you honor your mother and your father? I would, I would say, love them. Love them with all your heart. God, help me to love my parents. You say, that's, that's kind of simple, isn't it? It is simple, but how many times have we gone through life and struggled with boundaries that mom and dad set only to say, I hate them. I hate them because we don't appreciate, because we disagree with boundaries that have been set. Be careful. Make sure you love your mother and father. Don't forget the investment that mom and dad have made into me. Don't forget that they actually love me more than anybody else on the face of the planet, my mother and my father. If it's a healthy home, they do love. The boundaries aren't there to say, let me just stifle and make life unfair. But rather, I wanna guard you, I wanna help you, I wanna help develop you along the way. Be careful that you don't go through life hating, saying words, saying words. Words cut deeply. Every, every family has been through that. Behind closed doors, you go through these times and you have these words that are shared and they hurt. And, 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 and in fact, I would encourage you because I've seen it played out. I've seen it played out. I've seen it played out where I've had a girl who told her father, who told her father, I hate you and I wish you weren't my father. Within hours, he died. I'm telling you, I've heard her come back and say, I wish I'd have never said those words to my dad. I didn't mean them. But she lives the rest of her life with that. God, help us to love our mother and our father, <clears throat> understanding again what they have invested into me, the sacrifices they've made for me. When you're talking about the pain of rearing children, it's, it's, it is a pain. <clears throat> it is a pain that I know not because I'm a man. <laughs> but to bring a child into the world, it's painful. But to raise them up in the world is also painful at times. God help us, <clears throat> but help us to love our parents that we might honor them. Help us to forgive our parents, practically speaking, to forgive our parents, to forgive our parents. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. But you know what? There's no such thing as perfect children either. And God help us to, to live life with forgiving spirit towards others in our life. Uh, parents to children, children to parents. In fact, parents, we need to make sure that we are acknowledging, acknowledging when we've made our mistakes. A lot of times we don't acknowledge those things, but the fact of the matter is, let us acknowledge the mistakes I've made. But as children, let us forgive and be forgiving. That's what we've gotta do. So God help us again to honor. And then, and then, and then number three, when you're talking about doing right and doing well, <clears throat> Uh, 
obeying even when I'm not even asked. I mean, I know what my parents need. I know what their needs are. I know what's happening in the world. And God let me be sensitive to my mother and my father such that they don't even have to ask me. It's already done. Why? Because I want to honor them. I want to honor them. My, my, honor, my honor is not just given in their presence, but also in their absence. It's something I'm called to do for the rest of my days on this planet. God helped me to bring honor to my mother and to my father. And so God helped me in that. The role of kids, to honor and to obey. And then, and then the role of parents. Verse number four, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, do not promote, provoke your children to anger. And, and, and there's more to it. Some people say, see, you ought not to tease the kids. Well, it's, it's more to it than that when you're talking about this verse of Scripture. Uh, uh, in fact, when you're, when you're looking at the wording of the verse of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse number 23, uh, watch what the Bible says here. Hebrews 11, verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. The same exact Greek word is used in our text that we're looking at for fathers uh, is used as parents in 11.23. So it can be used as parents. Parents do not. Uh, parents do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so we have an obligation. If we don't train and discipline, <clears throat> they will be angry. I mean, if we don't do our jobs, if we're not training them, if we're not, if we're not equipping them, if we're not teaching them right from wrong, then they will be angry. They will be frustrated in life. And so God help us equip them. That's the whole big picture is to equip them, not just to keep them from dying before they're 18 and turning them loose, but rather we want to produce productive citizens. And so we teach them and we train them. And so how do you do that along the way? You know, every time, every time I look at a text of scripture and every time I look at a family text of scripture, I think of myself and I think, man, I, I, am, <laughs> I struggle with these things. But God help us to, to just practice, again, some general principles of, of parenting, limiting children. Number one, how do you do it practically? How do you, roles of parents, how do you teach them and train them, discipline and instruction of the Lord? Well, you gotta have limits along the way. Limits along the way. How do you, what do you mean limits along the way? In other words, sometimes when you're talking about limits, guide rails for kids along the way. Make sure they're age appropriate. Make sure they're age appropriate. Pray, God, give me wisdom to know how to set the limits in my son's or daughter's life. God, give me wisdom. Wisdom. I, I am that instrument that you have put in their life and help me to know I don't want to be too restrictive, but I don't want to be too loose. And those are the two uh, curbs that you can fall off into. Those are the two ditches on either side of the road. God, help me to know uh, uh, what to guide them when it comes to uh, what they watch and what they wear and what they hear, uh, uh, who they're with along the way. Which, by the way, <clears throat> when you're talking about children, uh, and, and, and this, is, this is just practical stuff, practical stuff. I, I think that the three greatest decisions that anybody will ever make in life, listen to this, Three greatest decisions anybody will ever make in life. Number one, to choose Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, first and foremost. Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, number one. Number two would be my spouse, my spouse. It is a huge decision. Number three, my friends, my friends. Huge decision not to be made too lightly. 
So God, help us. Help us as parents understand our children and respect decisions they make along the way. How many times do we, and, and, and again, we, we, what we have to do is guard. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Because a lot of times what we do is we judge a book by the cover. You ever done that? And God, help me not to just judge a book by the cover, uh, but help me to get to know people in my children's life, people that they want to bring into the home, people that they want you to get to know. Get to know them before you judge them. Get to know them. But then kids... Listen to parent advice when it comes to relations along the way. It's a huge, huge decision. And God gives wisdom, I believe, to mothers and fathers who are seeking that. Josh McDowell says it like this. Rules without relationship brings rebellion. Rules without relationship brings rebellion. And, uh, and, 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 so, and so what do you mean? It means, hey, make sure you're taking time. Hey, it's great to have the limits, but make sure you're taking time with the kids along the way. <clears throat> when you're talking about, again, teaching and training them up, one of the things we all will struggle with along the way is this one, and it drives kids crazy. You ever, you ever, you ever heard or said, because I said so? Because I said so. See, there's a lot of times people feel like, you know, I've got to give an explanation as a parent, but I don't have to give an explanation of, as a parent. Because I said so is not a bad answer. It's really not a bad answer. Why is that not a bad answer? A couple of reasons why that's not a bad answer. Number one, <clears throat> a lot of times you'll find someone trying to reason with a six-year-old. You can't reason with a six-year-old. <laughs> Sometimes it's just because I said so. But, but, but can I tell you another reason why because I said so is okay? Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes it's okay because, let me ask a serious question. How many of you in your relationship with your heavenly father have ever longed for an explanation but you didn't get it? It's just kind of, because I said so. And when the time's right, maybe you'll know. Maybe you won't. It's okay to give that answer. In other words, when you're talking about my response to my parents is not determined by whether or not I understand or approve <laughs> of what they're asking me to do. That's not my job. As a parent, though, there are times when we say, because I said so, but there are other times when we explain. Why? So that, so that you might help them understand how to make a good decision along the way. God help us in teaching and training up our children, putting limits on children, making sure we love them enough to limit them. Love them in so many ways. Love your children. Love them in physical ways. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times kids are longing for a touch. And, uh, and, and I tell you, my wife, I, I'm so thankful for my wife because she's so sensitive, sensitive to the needs of, of, of the guys uh, in my home. Uh, and they, she understands, she understands, she can read it. Uh, it looks like this. For example, when you're talking about physically loving your children, they need a healthy touch. Uh, both, both sons and daughters need a healthy touch from mothers and fathers. I'm not talking about just a touch on the backside. I'm talking about a loving touch, knowing when to hug, letting them know that they are appreciated along the way. And, uh, and, and it's challenging because they grow up, you know? I mean, there was that age when they cuddled and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, stay away. And, uh, but even in those moments, even in those moments, do you know that there are times when they're screaming out saying, hey, could you hold me for a minute? 
And it doesn't look like that. I mean, it looks like, I mean, I, I don't have a, I've got a granddaughter, and, uh, but, 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 but with, with boys, with boys, it, 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 it's, it's, it's wanting to roughhouse, it's wanting to, it's wanting to come up, you know, and fight me. And, uh, and, 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 and then later, Bonnie's like, you know, he just, he just wants you to hold him. And that's true. And can I tell you something? As a father, I need it too. A healthy touch in the home says, I love you. And I want you to know what healthy love looks like. Healthy touches. Make sure we're loving on our children. Make sure we're loving on our sons and loving on our daughters. Emotionally helping them to develop along the way. Emotionally helping them to develop. What does that look like? Not just ready to fix, but listen. Not just ready to fix, but listen. Listen to where they're coming from. Hear where they're coming from. Uh, Make sure you're helping them to develop their own personal identity. And I'm not talking about gender confusion. What I'm talking about is is this. A lot of times if we're not careful, I have something that you need to become. And the fact of the matter is, God has something for them. And help my child to discover what that is rather than imposing on them my desire for their, for their life. And that happens all along the way. Emotional development. It happens even, even in, in, in as, as younger children. You know, my, my kid might not want to be a baseball player. You know? Uh, if he doesn't want to be a baseball player, then that's okay. I, I, don't, I, I shouldn't make him go out there on the field. In fact, when you're talking about emotional development, here, just, just throwing it out there for, for younger parents. Uh, <clears throat> You know when a kid strikes out, or, or you, you, you take it and apply it to whatever area you're talking about, but you know when a kid strikes out, do you know of all the people at the ballpark, they're the ones that know they struck out? You know what I'm saying? If they watch the third strike, of all the people at the ballpark, they don't have to be reminded you gotta swing your bat. And in that moment, do you know what they need from a mom and dad? It's not correction. It's not correction, but I'm still proud of you. I'm still proud of you. I don't care if you went 0 for 4 and made 15 errors tonight. I love you, and I am proud of you. We'll still go to Pizza Hut. (laughs) Complimenting, when you're talking about emotional development, complimenting character more than just talent. Complimenting character more than just talent. I mean, I mean, again, compliment all the time. Compliment and courage. But make sure we're complimenting character because that's really what counts and that's what lasts <clears throat> along the way. But spiritually, when we're talking about training up our children spiritually, it's my job to disciple my boys. It's your job to disciple your children. The Bible says back in Deuteronomy, <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter number six, verses number four through nine. Deuteronomy chapter six and verses four through nine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them 
on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, make sure that you teach your children from the word of God. Make sure you teach your children from the word of God. It's not, it's not just the Sunday school teacher's job. It's, it's, it's not the preacher's job or the youth pastor or the student pastor. It's, 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 it's your job. Teach your children. Train them up spiritually. Make sure I'm consistent. In other words, here's the deal. Don't come to church on Sunday as one person and live life Monday through Saturday like somebody else. It's inconsistent, and kids see that. Kids are the ones that watch it, and when they watch it, it impacts them. It creates confused children. So God, help us to be consistent in our teaching. God, help me that my walk might match my talk in my home. And you know what, along the way, here's what's gonna happen. You will blow it (laughs) at times. Maybe you haven't. I've blown it. Make sure when you blow it, make sure that when your walk didn't match your talk, that you confess it to the kids. Hey, I was wrong right here. My flesh got the best of me, and that was wrong. And I'm asking God to forgive you. Would you forgive me? Because I want to do right. I want to be consistent in your life. So God, help us in teaching and training up our children. Children, obey and honor your mother and father. Parents, train up your children in the ways of the Lord. God, help us to have healthy homes. Today, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? Uh, First of all, the only possible way to really fulfill the obligation that God gave to us is having his Holy Spirit enabling us to do what he calls us to do. And that happens when we get saved. You call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit comes and indwells, enabling us to do and to be what he calls us to do and to be. And so if you're not saved, I wanna invite you today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what, I've got issues in my home and I just want prayer. I want to encourage you to cry out to the Lord this morning. I believe he is the healer of homes and the healer of hearts. And, uh, and together we can cry out to him. So this morning, if you're here and you say, man, I just want prayer, we will have people down here that will pray with you, pray for you. And so I wanna invite you to come, even this morning. We're gonna sing, and after we sing, uh, it will be an opportunity to come. So you come, take advantage of that this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity that we have to get together, and I thank you for our families, God. And Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful Um, for my family. And God, I know that I've fulfilled different roles as a son. God, help me to honor my mother and father. God, as a parent, help me to teach and train up my kids. God, I need your help. Father, I do thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. And God, I pray today that you'd search our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that if there's homes that are struggling, that God today, they would say, I need you, Jesus. I'm thankful, God, that you have given us a handbook. You have given us directions. Pray that you just help us to be faithful and following those. And so God, I pray that for the homes that might even be here, God, sometimes we find ourselves where we don't even know if we're willing 
to do the work. God, I pray for those hearts that they would be willing. Oh God, I pray that you just have your way this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.